everyone. I'm Grace Beeson, and this is the Because Why Not podcast, where I help you to love your life just as it is. I'm a mindset and relationship coach, a 20-plus year wedding planner, a mom of two young boys, a wife, a daughter, a sister, a friend, and a relatable human on a constant journey of spiritual growth and personal development, all with a lot of laughter along for the ride. I'm a self-help junkie, a cookie addict, Bravo TV lover, and a former party girl committed to showing people there is joy to be found exactly where they are. Thanks for joining me. Hello, I'm back. Did you miss me? I missed you. I missed you so much. And I've been hearing from friends lately who have been listening. I know there are podcasts that they're probably digging through because who has time to listen to all the things they want to listen to. But I've got to tell you, hearing from people that they've been listening to my podcast and asking me when there's going to be a new one, well, that just makes my heart sing, guys. I can't even tell you how much that means to me because you know this is a place and a I don't know, a a mode, a venue, a whatever that I just really um, appreciate and cherish having, and I really have missed it. And so I'm so glad to be back with you. And my being away from this podcast for the last six or seven months, months, feels like that. God, it does feel like that. It's been six or seven weeks, but that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, not about necessarily, um, all that I've been doing or why I haven't made time to record, but this idea that there are times in our lives when we find ourselves unable to function in the ways that we have been before or that we do regularly. So what do we do when that happens? What do we do when we find ourselves in a place of not sort of being who we are used to being or communicating in the way that we're used to communicating and not just not communicating, but not being able to find the words and not being able to find the words because we feel empty. We feel tapped out. We feel like there's nothing to give. I think that we all have that feeling from time to time. And if we're honest, we're probably all having that feeling this year more than we ever have, or at least more than we've ever identified in this way. I've heard so many people say to me in various ways that they just have needed to take a break. Like you'll see someone pop back onto social media and say, well, I've been gone for two months because I just needed to step away or people who are spending less time talking to friends or whatever it is. I think that people are all having these moments and phases this year where they feel like you feel like we feel like, um, we can't, um, function and communicate and be, the person in life that we normally are. And it feels wildly uncomfortable for us because we're not used to hitting the pause button on our lives 
and we're not used to the impact that uh, we feel from that, from having to pause so much and all the emotions that that brings up that we've talked about through these months, you know, um, feelings of, of loss, feelings of grief, and the fact that these feelings are not sustainable and yet they're sustained. They continue. We have gone from two weeks to a month to three months to now six months of this new way that we're living um, with no end in sight. And of course, things have changed for each of us. You know, we've found ways of moving through our lives in these new ways. And, and there are certainly bright spots. Um, I hope there are bright spots for you. There are bright spots for me. But it's this idea that that we have had to um, have stamina to get through this. And right when we sort of feel like we're tapped out and have no stamina, we realize that it's continuing. It's, it's still going, you know, I keep thinking like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I don't know where we're going, but like, are we there yet? Is, is, are we there yet? A a Corona vaccine, a COVID-19 vaccine, or is it once the vaccine has been out for a year and most people have had access to it? I mean, what is it? What is this there that we are hoping to find I don't know. I I know I don't have the answer. I don't think any of us really does. Um, There are milestones we try and reach, whether it's getting kids back in school or at school. Um, You know, there's another milestone of the election coming up, which, um, you know, is a whole nother subject and can create great stress and anxiety and concern and fear in people. There are terrible things happening to our planet and our country, certainly in the United States because of global warming, warming, and we're watching many states burn and it's just, there's so much. And I think now we kind of, you know, we're getting sort of into our lives and into our routines. So we're not always acknowledging that we're experiencing so much. But you can believe that we are taking it all in and it is affecting us, whether it's from this global ache or in our country, whether it's about global warming or COVID or, um, you know, the election, politics, the future of our country, our lives, or just in our own house. Like, how are we making money? How are we earning an income? Or if money isn't a concern, like, you know, how are our children functioning um, with their lives being so different? Or when will I see my friends again? Or whatever it is, it is taking a toll on us continuously, um, even if we're finding our new normal, you know? Um, And... And so there's that, like that, I'm just sort of saying, like, I'm just acknowledging it is September 24th, 2020. We're still doing this, you know, um, Halloween is canceled. There will be no trick or treating. 
It's pumpkin spice season, y'all, but with a little less joy. Um, but, you know, we got to make the best of it. You know, we're going to still live our lives and and it is really our job. It's incumbent upon us to not just muddle through, but to to be okay and to find our own ways of um even at times thriving amidst all this, we can thrive, we can suffer and struggle. We can just be okay. There are so many levels, but once we find a way to be okay, it's our job to figure out how to maintain that. So the interesting thing for me has been this realization that there are all these big things going on, like I mentioned, but then that our lives continue and the things that always affected us, um, continue to affect us, but maybe in a deeper, more meaningful way now, because maybe we have more attention to put towards them or we're feeling them more deeply or, you know, whatever it is. So for me, um, it ranges from my relationships with my kids and struggles I have there that continue and me wanting to strengthen my communication with them, um, wanting to like get less irritated, fly off the handle less, feel less rage. I mean, (laughs) those are big subjects, but like, you know, work on my parenting. I want to have a strong relationship with my boys. I want them to listen to me and I want to have good boundaries, but I also don't want to, um, you know, take out other feelings on them and overreact. Like those are my constant battles with my children as they grow and change. Um, you know, so for me, it's that it's, it's career stuff. It's, you know, balancing my life as now planning, planning weddings, planning some weddings and, and coaching and realizing that, um, you know, this identity story of mine has been growing and changing for a year, certainly a year and a half, maybe, um, maybe more, but that, um, I don't have to be either, or I can be, and, um, I, I'm a lot of things and kind of just recognizing about myself that there's a lot to me and I don't have to put myself into a box. And that's something that this time has afforded me, you know, time to think and feel and experience and, understand what my life is, what my career is, and dig deep into the why behind anything I do, you know, and kind of let all of that um, show itself to me about my why being this desire to really help people and women like me in particular to lead more wholehearted and fulfilling lives and be okay or better than okay with their lives that they're living, you know, the lives you're living as they are now today, regardless of any circumstances, um, with, with, you know, job or children or partner or husband, wife, whatever's happening globally or in your home to be okay. And whether that's me, you know, doing that by helping at school or, coaching or planning events or talking to a friend, you know, that is, I realize now the why for, for me, for my life. Um, but 
that was sort of a tangent, which you know I love to go on, but I'm coming around to trying to say that we're feeling all these feelings, we're experiencing all these things, it's going on and on and on, and you know, I am not alone in this, you are not alone in this, regardless of our circumstances, we are all feeling this. And what it is, is that we're feeling loss. And I heard this, um, really, really interesting podcast, um, two podcasts this week that were recommended to me. There's this great podcast called on being, and she was talking with this, um, professor, uh, I think she's also a, maybe a PhD but she wrote, she's written many, many books on grief and grieving. And she wrote this book on something called ambiguous loss. I can't, maybe the book is called ambiguous loss, but, um, gosh, I'm sorry that I don't have her name at the ready to reference. Her name is Pauline and her last name starts with a B. Anyway, ambiguous loss is this idea that, um, you experience loss that doesn't have sort of an end point. You know, she doesn't believe in this thing called closure. Um, she doesn't believe that you're really able to find closure from something that you've lost. And our culture, um, really instills in us this idea that you are meant to find closure. And once you find closure, that you are therefore, uh, done grieving, you finished your grieving process, you're moving on. And what she said about closure not being something that's necessary or even real, I found so interesting because there isn't a natural endpoint to grief. You know, whether it's about a person or an experience, you know, there's no way to sort of put it in a box and put it on the shelf and wipe your hands clean of it. You know, it doesn't go away, it grows and changes. And this notion of ambiguous loss really resonated with me because it is what we are experiencing collectively and individually right now, this loss of so many things, whether it's experiences or traditions, holidays, moments in time, time with loved ones, uh, anything, anything you can imagine, every single one of us. And every single one of us that has anyone in our life, which is all of us, we know people who have experienced loss and we have experienced loss. And so have our children and so have our parents and so have our partners and, and, and we're all experiencing a loss of some kind. And that feels really hard and it just keeps piling on. So, um, There's a lot there and, you know, it doesn't mean that we go and hide under the covers indefinitely, even though there are days that we feel like we want to do that. But to bring this back around, because, you know, I always do, even if it takes a little while, I'm, I'm back to where I wanted to be. It does mean that there are going to be times where we have hit a limit and we are tapped out and we feel deeply that we have no more to give or offer or communicate. And I, 
I have really been feeling that way for six or seven weeks. It's due to a circumstance, which I'll share with you here and not get into the details of right now, but it's due to my mother, um, who suffers from Alzheimer's and is declining. And, um, and, and so it's due to me, um, having to have become really focused on her for various reasons and on her move, uh, to assisted living with my sister. And, you know, there were lots of good times with all of that. It meant a lot of family time with my sister and niece. Um, but it culminated in my mom taking a big fall and subsequently being in the hospital and now in a convalescent home. And it's just been on and on and on and on and on. So I became super focused on that and what is happening with that, uh, giving so much energy and time and attention to all the things associated with my mom's move and her medical condition and her care in the present and future, um, with all kinds of challenges coming my way with that, um, really on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I have great support of my sister and my husband and I am not alone. Um, but it is a lot while I am also, you know, a parent and also, um, uh, you know, I guess, not, I guess I was going to say running businesses, doing my job, like, you know, I have an untraditional jobs. So every day is sort of different, but, um, there's just a lot going on. So it just is this point of there's so much happening outside of my home. And then there's so much happening inside of my home. And, and as someone said to me, it's as if every different part of my brain is being used every day, all day for very different reasons and purposes, as are my emotions, but they're doing this all at once. And so it just is a lot. It's actually incredibly overwhelming. You know, it's, it's ranging from like dealing with logistics to, you know, to, to grieving, um, uh, my mother and watching what she's going through, uh, to frustration, to anger, to, um, you know, to great joy being with my family, to, uh, concern, to, you know, a more, just anything you can imagine I've been experiencing and sort of dealing with regularly while at the same time trying desperately to be as present as I can be for my husband and children, which for a good month there was not succeeding. Um, trying to be present for my clients, which, you know, I think I've done a better job at because I've traditionally been able to really focus on my clients, even when there's a lot else going on. It somehow feels, um, not easier to do, but I, but I do it because they're relying on me, um, in a way that, you know, a different way than my family does, but I feel of course an intense sense of responsibility to them. So I can tend to prioritize clients over family and whether that's good or bad, that's what's happened. And so it's just been a very, very difficult time. And while things continue to be challenging with my mom, um, I have felt my life, um, calm down a little bit, or at least for me to, um, be able to get 
more into a routine of what I'm doing now and be more present with my kids and my husband and um, just kind of accept and move forward with my new normal as it is right now. And it does seem like this sort of new normal, whatever that means, is ever changing, you know? And that's because of this pandemic and also because of what's happening in my life. So again, I'm not alone. I think I'm speaking to what so many people are experiencing this year. I happen to have um, my own challenges and things that seem to be piling on to the, the list. But um, I also fully recognize that that's part of life and that there are things that happen, you know, and things that we have to deal with and times that we have to move through that feel really challenging. We all have to do that and we have to figure out how. And so when we find ourselves or when I have found myself in a place where I have no words, like I felt like I couldn't offer anything to anyone other than individual coaching clients, right? On a face-to-face hourly basis. I, I couldn't find the words to share though in a bigger way on, on this podcast or in my Instagram or even with communicating with friends. I couldn't find any words. I thought, I don't have anything to give myself. So how can I have anything to give anyone else? I don't have anything to say. And you know, for me, that's a really uncomfortable place to be. And it's not a place I, I, I sit well with, or that's a place that I'm in often or for any lengthy period of time, usually, particularly not since I sort of ripped off the bandaid and let, let it rip and let myself start doing this podcast and, and, and doing my coaching and, and being out there in this, uh, vocal and kind of real way that I've chosen to be with joy, you know, with joy and freedom. And I just haven't experienced this. And I recognized that it happened and I just allowed myself to be there. And so that's what I want to share today is that when you are tapped out with nothing left to give, you have to let yourself be there. I think it's the only thing to do or that you can do. And if we're really sinking into our hearts here about what we want, if you really allow yourself to feel and be with how you're feeling in those moments, you'll probably discover that what you want is to retreat inside of yourself. Not only do you not have anything to say, you don't have anything you want to say or share with anyone. So you go inside yourself and you feel and you cry. You may laugh, you may sleep, you may yell, you may write, you may hide. Whatever you do, you take the time that you need to go and find yourself again. And it can take a long time. Um, I sort of kept checking in with myself like, Do you still feel kind of empty? Do you still feel kind of quiet? Do you still feel like you don't have anything to say? And the answer was yes, yes, yes. And I kind of knew that there would be a day that I would wake up and feel like I was 
like a baby dinosaur crawling out of my egg, like stretching my arms and like, okay, here I am. And, you know, that's kind of how I've felt lately is like tap, 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 crack, crack, crack. Like here I go. I'm breaking free. I'm feeling like I'm becoming more of myself again. And it happens slowly and it's still happening slowly, but surely. But I have found my voice again and I found my words again and, and, and for me, feeling that I want to be there for others again means that um, that I'm sort of coming back around. And also, too, that it means that I've been, you know, as they say, filling my bucket, filling my cup, um, nurturing myself in ways that I need to be nurtured. Because without doing that, I've got nothing. And when I have been focusing totally and completely on other people, I don't focus on myself or nurture myself. And, and that is when I become empty, right? Like, do we all understand that, that when you don't give yourself what you need, there's nothing. That's the self care that people are talking about all the time now that I have been learning about for 16 years, but maybe practicing regularly for a couple, but you know, Um, for me, that means like, not just not drinking, you know, not just talking to a friend, um, not just taking a nap. It means like doing things that really fill me up regularly and several of them each day. And then it's cumulative. I start feeling better and better and better and better. And so you know, it's really up to you to identify what are those things for you that fill your cup, that help you feel better, that help you feel more like yourself so that you can be there for others. Because how are you going to be there for others if you're empty, right? So, you know, I was taking walks regularly, but that was kind of it. So on top of that, I added back in some therapy, I added back in acupuncture, I added back in some phone calls with friends and even face-to-face coffee with friends, which has been great. Um, I added back in writing, I added back in meditation, I added back in listening to the people that I like to listen to on podcasts, um, whether it's learning or for fun, um, I've added back in so many things and I made a commitment to myself to do three of these things every single day. And I knew that if I did three of these things every single day, that that would give me a really good foundation. So I've been working on building it back up and nurturing myself because let me tell you, you are the one who's got to nurture yourself and take care of yourself because no one else will do it for you. Friendly reminder. Um, And it really does work. But I also want to say that it's okay to reach a point where you're tapped out. It's not great to be tapped out, but I'm saying if and when you reach the point where you feel that you have nothing to say and little to give, recognize that and be willing to give yourself the time and the space that you need to feel the feelings that you're feeling for however long you need and then come back when you're ready. It is okay not to answer text messages. It is okay not to return phone calls and emails. 
It is okay to get some extra sleep. It's better than okay. It is okay to do whatever you need to do to recharge and really to disconnect. I mean, those are like really terrible analogies because they're opposite. But for me, it was like I needed to disconnect. I couldn't, thankfully, I have very loving, understanding, forgiving friends. I mean, those are the kind of friends you want who you say, I can't talk or I have this going on. And they're like, I get it. You know, not the ones who are like, I texted you seven days ago and I haven't heard back from you, you bitch. Like, that's not who you need in your life, right? You need the friend who you text and say, I got nothing. I'll reach back out in a week. I'm dealing with this thing. And they go, totally understand. And they send you kissy face emojis. Um, Those are your people. Those are my people. And I'm so grateful for the understanding. You know, I know it's hard when a friend disappears and they kind of can't give you anything, but we realize as adults that we are all going through things and certainly this year, and we've got to be patient with each other. If we can't extend patience and loving kindness to one another, then we got nothing, you know? We've got to surround ourselves with people who can understand that we sometimes need time and space to go inward and figure out what is going on or just to deal with what is happening around us. And you know what? The good news is that it does come to an end. You do find yourself again. And one thing I know for sure is that, uh, you know, expressing your feelings to people, um, is super helpful, whether it's a friend or through coaching, which I mean, coaching is this beautiful process of bringing, bringing you back home to yourself. And that's what I love about it. Um, but you know, it's not even something that I can always do for myself or even often, you know, I, I have to reach out to others to get what I need, even with all the tools. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't reach out to others to get what I need. I can provide for myself what I need. And I've learned that through coaching, but, uh, even with all the tools that I have, sometimes I can't, I can't just make myself feel totally better, you know, right away. And I do want and need that sort of love from other people, friends or, or family or my children, my, whatever it is, you know, we need that love and support. We crave it. But sometimes the greatest love and support you get is from people who understand that you need time to yourself. And I, I will say that when you give yourself that time, you are able to really care for yourself in a very, very powerful way if you let yourself. We are able to care for ourselves in the way that we need in the worst of times. Um, and then get the support where you need it. If you're going through something really hard, like dealing with an aging parent or with a difficult situation in your life of any kind, um, there are a lot of challenges we're facing this year without having extra things added on to them. So, so that's where I've been. You know, I went inward. I did not have the energy or the words to give anything to anyone other than what was right in front of me. And thankfully for going on almost five weeks, my sister was right in front of me from Denver 
and we laugh. I mean, no matter how traumatic something is, we laugh so much. I mean, laugh till we cry. And even when there are sad situations that you couldn't begin to think how you could find a laugh out of it, somehow we do. And like, that is the beauty of sisters and best friends. And, you know, that is why it is so important to like know who your people are. And, um, so, you know, there are parts about this time in my life that I'm very thankful for, and certainly many things about 2020. And I hope that you are too. We have to find the bright spots. There are always bright spots. You know, I, I have been coming back in my mind this week a lot to, um, this quote that Mr. Rogers said, I don't know if you ever saw that book called the world according to Mr. Rogers. And there's this great quote that Mr. Rogers says that his mother would always say to him, which is look for the helpers. There are always helpers. And it's so true in your dark times, there are always helpers, even when things are rough, even in the world we're living in right now, there are always helpers and, and, and the helpers rise to the top, you know? Um, and so really I wanted to come back in today to say that I'm here. I've missed you. I I'm getting, I'm getting back in the game, I think, but maybe there'll be times when I'm not and I need to be quiet and that's okay. Just like it's okay for you to be quiet. Hopefully I come back even more charged with more to say and share and, and, you know, to give you some gems that you can take with you and that help you in the life that you're living right now to feel, you know, even better. Um, because that's definitely what I want to do as you know. Um, I started reading this book. I'm going to read you this quote. I never thought I would be one who would be quoting from Don Quixote, but here we go. My dad gave me this beautiful book called This is Happiness, which is a novel about Ireland. Um, and it starts, well, a big part of the, um, the book is about these big storms, you know, how it always rains, always rains in this part of Ireland. And I didn't know the word squalls, but the word squall, S-Q-U-A-L-L, is a storm. Um, but so when you hear this word squall, I really take it to mean the storms that we are experiencing in our lives right now. And this quote from Don Quixote really spoke to me. So I am going to leave you with this quote and um, just know that I'm I'm with you and giving you the biggest hug and so appreciate you listening and um, just send you love and hope you're well wherever you are and hope you take some time for yourself because I'm here to tell you from the front lines, it really does matter. It really does make an impact. Go, go, go out there and fill your bucket, honey. Go fill your bucket. And wear your mask. Wear your damn mask, Karen. Okay, here's this quote. All these squalls to which we have been subjected are signs that the weather will soon improve and things will go well for us because it is not possible for the bad or the good to endure forever. And from this it follows 
that since the bad has lasted so long, the good is close at hand. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you would, pass this episode or any other along to anyone you know who might enjoy it or who you think might benefit from it. And if you can, take some time to leave a review of this episode or any episode of the Because Why Not podcast uh, at Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen. It helps so much to get it into the hands of other people who might enjoy it and benefit from it. Also, please visit anchor.fm slash Because Why Not podcast to support this podcast. You can scroll to the bottom of the page click on support and make a one-time donation or become a monthly sponsor. It really helps me to keep going and to create these podcasts for you regularly. So thanks again and take care of yourselves. Bye.